0: Make it make sense. The Sabres have a four-game losing streak where they don't look like they could play with anybody, including bad teams, and then they go into Boston and they do that to the Boston Bruins. We'll try to make sense of it. Coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Savers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including our YouTube channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. to Sabres over the Bruins. Who saw that coming? We'll recap the game, and we've got some good injury updates for you on the Sabres as well. And I've got my lines, my idea of the best potential lines for the Sabres, if everybody gets healthy. And it does appear they're on their way right now to everybody getting healthy for the first time all season. That's coming up in a little bit later on on today's show. We'll talk Sabres and Bruins, uh, and uh, we've got, of course, Montreal coming up tomorrow night, Saturday night at KeyBank Center. So a little bit of an easier opponent, but who's to say that's going to mean the Sabres are more likely to win the game? We'll get to that with the uh, the Bruins game for sure. Uh, if you want to jump into our Sorties group chat, our Locked on Sabres text line, join subtext.com slash Locked on Sabres. We had a lot of back and forth throughout that Sabres and Bruins game as they were dominating in the first period and then started to pull away a little bit in the second. And then it looked like it was going to go back towards Boston and Devin Levi showed up uh, and the Sabres were able to pull it out in the third period. Really cool night engaging with the fans. Uh, We had a bunch of back and forths on that front. A lot of calls on the group chat. And I will say uh, I'm glad to lead the train on this one because it's something I've been mentioning on the show for uh, weeks, maybe now. Maybe not weeks, maybe at least a couple. It's time to waive Eric Comrie. It's definitely time to waive Eric Comrie. But we don't have that yet. And a lot of you in the group chat agreed with me that it's time to move on from him and go with UPL and Levi uh, as your 1-2 for the rest of the way. And right, for not just the rest of this season. You might want to just make that your 1-2 for the next five years. Um, we'll get to more on Levi coming up in a little bit. Some of the stats of this game between the Sabers and the Bruins: the final score of three to one in favor of Buffalo. You had, uh, T- or, excuse me, JJ Paterka opening the scoring for the Sabers. Tage Thompson gets a goal, his first since returning from injury, on a one-timer from the slot. Victor Olsson a big goal to make it three to one uh, after. You had Brad Marchand closing the gap on the Sabres. They win the game by two. They outshot Boston 35-32. to 32. They had 19 shots in the first period. Remember, they played a game two, not even two weeks ago against New Jersey where they had 12 shots total for the entire 60 minutes. They had 19 in the first period of this game. In fact, at 12-shot mark, they, they surpassed that, I think, by the first TV timeout. It was around the 10-minute mark of the first period. They came out firing on all cylinders. And, listen, they didn't score in the first period. But I came away super impressed. why they win that hockey game? In part because this is a team in the Buffalo Sabres that have had slow starts all year long, have given up the first goal, and then will often give up the second goal before they get their feet under them and get into the game. And in this game, while they didn't score in the first... They never gave Boston an opportunity to score. Never. Boston never had the puck for the whole first period. So you know what? Although it was 0-0, they did the job. The Bruins weren't able to get out ahead because the Sabres were on the onslaught attack all through the first 20 minutes. And they really should have been up 2-0. There were a couple of scoring chances if I give them one of those. And then Eric Robinson makes his debut and played really well, by the way. Now. Quick uh quick uh PS on that. I'm guessing that's just the adrenaline of playing your first game for a new team. Uh is is to why he played so well. The guy, to me, there's enough evidence, 28 years old, been in the league a long time. We we know what Eric Robinson should be, and he's not gonna be playing like that every night. But hey, maybe you hope so, and you'll take it. He should have had his first goal as a Buffalo Saber. Crashed the net. Ocposo and Krebs were in front. They both kind of got their sticks into Lena Allmark, but that should have been a goal. One, it was called a goal on the ice. And two, Allmark falls back on his own. The puck is under him and gets dislodged because he falls back. And if you watch the replay, I couldn't believe they overturned it. I don't know why the officials decided that Krebs and Oposo were the reason that he fell down. It was pretty clear that while their sticks were in him or in the area, there there was no thrust if you will. Like there was no pushing him with the stick. There was no bend to the stick. Allmark went down to try to sprawl and make a save. The puck was dislodged. Robinson shoveled it in. It should have been his first NHL goal. So the Sabres at least should have had one goal in that first period that got taken off the board. But they were hey, they kept going, right? They didn't let that get in their heads. They kept going in the second period. It was a little bit more even of a second, um, and they were able to get two goals. They got up 2-0. Boston with Brad Marchand gets it back to one. The third period started to go the way of the Bruins, Um, and Victor Olofsson, who has been playing a lot better as of late, not even just with the points, because he does have a lot of points, right? Like two goals and six assists in his last eight games or something along those lines. Um, I can tell you exactly if I just pull up his stat sheet. I'll do that in a second here. But it's not even to me about the points anyway. He is... He's played a lot better at five on five. He's never really been that guy that's going to give you consistent play in all areas, but the dude's been an animal on the back check, weirdly. And again, that's never been his thing. He's been carrying the puck pretty well. I, I've liked him actually on the power play, kind of creating some space. He's actually been doing some of the zone entries on the power play, which has never been his thing. I, I did in our group chat, I did put it, put uh, a, a theory out there that What's happening here is Olafson knows that the Sabres are about to get back to full health and he does still want out, which we've kind of known since the offseason. So, this is he knows, hey, whoa, I got to get going here. I got to make another team want me by the time the Sabres get healthy, uh, or else I might be stuck here as a healthy scratch for the rest of the way. So, Uh, maybe Olsen's just playing hard because he wants to build build himself some trade value. Uh, If you look back at the last eight games, yeah, two goals and six assists. It's exactly that. So a point-per-game player um, for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, So take more time to look up, but I'd imagine he's near the top of the list for Sabres leading point scores uh, in the last eight games. So Olsen coming down two-on-one with Robinson, by the way. And as they came down on the two-on-one, I really thought Olsen – might pass it to him just because he knew it was his first game, but a good decisive decision by Olsson that just walk down, not try to float a pass across. You're Victor Olsson. The one thing you do well is finish, is shoot the puck. So what do you do? He walked down, he ripped the puck past Linus Almark to make it 3-1 to one and give the Sabres some breathing space. A great game overall. Some of the other numbers, expected goals in this game. It actually ends up swinging towards Boston, 2.6 total for versus 2.3. That was at all situations. And that was really only because the Bruins were much more productive on the power play. The Sabres... At 5-on-5, expected goals were 1.8 for Buffalo versus 1.4 for Boston. So the Sabres actually had a higher number at 5-on-5. Scoring chances at 5-on-5, 25 for Buffalo, 20 for Boston. Shot attempts were 50 for Buffalo, 41 for Boston and the power plays 0 for 3 for the Sabers, 0 for 1 from the Bruins. Sabers power play looked bad again uh, overall. Uh and that's got to get figured out, but we've talked about that before. What a win. Uh some other guys that ended up getting some points in this game. Dylan Cousins gets an assist. Uh Connor Clifton gets an assist, a great feed by him. He's the one who found Thompson in the slot to create a goal. Uh revenge game for Clifton. He got a uh he got a, a tribute video. From the Bruins, he got a Bruins, he uh, got, you know, a shout out from their broadcast crew. Because of my streaming package, I actually had to watch the Nesson broadcast last night with uh, with Jack Edwards. The Bruins broadcast, man, loves Connor Clifton. Like, they made him sound like a Norris winner. Uh, he had a good game. So, that was, uh, that was it in terms of the Sabres uh, and uh, Connor Clifton. But uh, when we come back, my sneaky stars of the game little bit on the goaltending, and then with the improved injury report, which we'll give to you, the lines I would create if I were Don Granato with a healthy lineup. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented here on the show by Chase Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but... Talk just for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone you love got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit JaceMedical.com. Complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to JaceMedical.com. Use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. JaceMedical.com. Code LOCKEDON for $20 off your order. Sneaky Jody Biassi back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Uh, reminder, if you want to check out some other things in the world of sports, maybe the NBA in-season tournament, which, by the way, has been awesome uh, football stuff. Hey, you might even see some Sean McDermott stuff uh, on uh, today's show. Lockdown's launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today, here for your 24-7, covering the top stories of sports with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. They will spend a lot of today on the NBA in-season tournament. Quick thought on that. I might want to talk about this a little bit more expanded on a future show. The NHL has to do this. I don't care that they're following another league. You got to do it. It's a layup. It's been no pun intended there. The NBA's crushing it with this in-season tournament. The guys, even Kevin Durant talked about the other night that he hated the idea. And after starting to play in it and his friends and family getting into it and fans getting into it, he's like, I woke up for, they got eliminated against the Lakers. It was a quarterfinal game. He said after the game, I woke up this morning feeling like this was a playoff game. Like, I treated the whole day like it was a playoff game. It felt like a playoff game. Um, and it's not, but, you know, it's it's doing wonders. And it's been a super cool idea that they've definitely executed well. And I saw an idea from, ooh, was it Greg Wyshynski of ESPN? That the NHL, you could do this midseason, and you've got the Winter Classic. You could make the Winter Classic your in-season tournament championship. Uh, that would be really cool. I mean, because in the NBA, they're going to Vegas. They're doing a neutral site for the finals and for the semis. They already did that. Um, so, yeah, winter classic for the championship of an NHL in-season tournament would be super cool. And the Sabres maybe could finally win something, by the way. Sorry, that was the dig. That was unneeded. On a great day where they beat the Boston Bruins 3-1 to a team. Remember, they had only won two of a previous 20 against. But they got the win. And you know what? The Sabres weirdly only beat great teams. Anyone want to try to make sense of that? They are just a weird team, I guess. They get losses to bad teams like Montreal and St. Louis and Washington and Pittsburgh, who's been bad this year. Uh the Flyers, although some of these teams, again, are a little better than I'm, I'm giving them credit for. But look at some of the Sabres wins. Four to nothing against Colorado, one of the best teams in the league. I think the most talented team in the league. Uh, how about 5-1 to one against the New York Rangers last week? A stunning game. that They were first in the East at the time. How about 6-4 to four over Toronto? Like, the Sabres have these super impressive wins. They just mix in so much bad in between um, that they haven't been able to really capitalize on that. So, you know, we're looking at 11-14-2 now on the season after the win over Boston. Who played the best? Against the Boston Bruins. My sneaky stars of the game. My top three players of the affair. Let's start with my number one star of the game. Devin Levi. 30 saves on 31 shots on goal. Levi was fantastic. He really didn't have to do much in the first period. Only five shots against him. Stopped all five. And then the second period. A little bit more ramped up in his in his end. But still the Sabres outplayed them. So... Wasn't asked to do as much in the second period, but still played well. Third period, the Bruins were all over them. And Levi made some huge saves. And then, even after Olsson scored to make it 3-1, the Bruins spent like three minutes in the Sabers' end, where Middlestad and Thompson and Skinner were dead tired. They could not even get out to the point men to challenge. And Levi had to stand on his head for a three-minute stretch. And listen, 3-1 to one with, you know, three minutes to go, four minutes to go. Sabres are probably going to win the game anyway, but hey, you never know. They had Bruins score with two and a half minutes left, and suddenly we've got ourselves a ball game, and Levi never let it get to that because he was out on his crease. He was challenging. He was he was not allowing juicy rebounds. He I thought he was just sharp all night, tracking the puck, moving side to side, looked athletic. Um, he looked like the Devin Levi we saw last year and the Devin Levi we saw Seen in some moments this year, like against Minnesota, uh, and also Toronto and Philadelphia earlier in the year. Uh, we'll talk more about Levi in just a second. The other two stars of the game, in my opinion, JJ Paterka scores to open the scoring six shots on goal. He now is tied for the lead, the game, the, not the league lead, the Sabres lead in goals with 11. He and Jeff Skinner both have 11. I'll say this, and I put this in our group chat, join subtext.com slash lockdown sabres. You're going to jump in. Um, I said this yesterday. But Turka and Benson sometimes look like the only Sabres that can execute passes between each other. Those two can play give and go anytime they want. They always are passing it well to each other. Super impressed by that combination. I would want to leave it together. I'll have more on that coming up a little bit. And then my third star of the game, Dylan Cousins, one assist didn't score came close again uh a 63.1 percent expected goals for percentage at five on five so for the advanced numbers we always like to give a little bit of uh credit for those and cousins was the best saber forward on the on the night uh, in terms of expected goals for that line in general like Benson it's almost unfair to him he does' I'm not doing four here uh Benson with Paterka and cousins was the Sabers' best line, I thought, all night. Uh, every time they were out there, they were in the Boston end. They were creating chances. They got the goal by Paterkus. They did get on the score sheet. Uh, that line has been unbelievable for probably, I would say, three games in a row now. On Levi, though, Levi, we made the number one star of the game. I made the number one star of the game. And, you know, I said this on our last show and maybe a couple shows before that, that Levi can force Eric Comrie out, I think because we i just talking to Kevin Adams talking to Don Granato o- over the last few months and you know year year and a half you just know i mean we've heard it from them they don't love three goalies they they do it because sometimes they feel like they have to because they don't really know what the alternative is well now the alternative seems to be pretty clear you've got two young goaltenders one of which has played fantastic all year in Ukpekulukin and another in Devin Levi that's been up and down But I've got a third goalie that's 28 years old that's been a professional hockey player now for eight years. And in seven of the eight years, he's been an AHL goaltender. Maybe not in terms of where he's been, but in terms of his production. He's either been in the AHL or he's been playing horribly in the NHL. That's what I mean by AHL goaltender. He's either been in the AHL or he's been in the NHL playing really bad. One 19-game season is all I got from this guy to show he's an NHL-caliber goaltender. So, in this year, one good game. His first game of the regular season. Every game since has not been good for Eric Comrie. So, I've got Lukanen, who's playing well almost every night. I've got Levi, who's playing up and down. I've got Comrie, who's just playing down. It's not rocket science. Especially when two of the three are far more valuable to the organization Than the third Comrie is going to be gone next year. No matter what. just it for him one year left in his contract. They're not keeping him around long-term versus Levi is the future. Number one goaltender still, I think. And uh, Lukan you know, is playing his way into being his partner for the next five plus years. uh, If he keeps this up, I know it's a lot to say right now. So I just don't see the value that Comrie currently provides. Here's another part of this. You wave Comrie today. What's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to get claimed. Well, if he gets claimed, okay, now who's my number three goaltender. Is it Dustin Tokarski who, listen, I'm not telling you that if I ever want to get to a point where Dustin Tokarski is having to play games for the Buffalo Sabres, but okay. Let's compare the two Eric Comrie with the Buffalo Sabres in two seasons, which is, Oh, I just had the exact number of games. Eric Comrie in two seasons with the Buffalo Sabres has started 26 games and he has an 880 save percentage. Dustin Tokarski in two years with the Sabres in 21 and 22 played 42 games for the Sabres and had a nine Oh one save percentage. That is significantly higher than Eric Comrie. So my worst case scenario is I lose Eric Comrie. And now Dustin Tokarski is my number three goaltender in an emergency who has had better numbers playing more games in the last three years for the Buffalo Sabres. Tell me tell me why Comrie should still be on this team. It's kind of amazing to me that we're sitting here on Friday afternoon and he's still on the team. I just don't get it. Well, actually, never mind. I know why, because Lukanen is still sick. Um, we'll see, I guess. Once Lukanen gets back healthy, will they do something? Uh, I'd like to believe that they will. Because Levi, listen, the injury update, one of them from practice on Friday, is that Lukanen might not be ready again for Saturday, or he might. Uh, it's gonna be game time. If he can't play Saturday, you gotta go back to Levi. You can't put Comrie back in there unless they want to give him one last shot. But I just, I don't know what one game is gonna convince them of. And f- if anything, you actually might not want him to convince you to go back with three goaltenders again. Let Levi cook here. And if Lucan is ready to go Saturday night to back up, then I think that should be it, That should be the end of Eric Conbry as a saber. Unless you he makes it through waivers, you send him to Rochester. Uh, and if someone gets hurt, you call him back up. That's that's to me what you do. When we come back, good news on Jack Quinn when we return here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. You have tomorrow night's game between Buffalo and Montreal. You know, I'm 0 for 2, so take it with a grain of salt, as you should with everything. Uh, On this department, but uh, I did have uh, Dylan Cousins anytime goal back to back. He's come close, so you might want to think that he's due. I'm going to probably go back to the well on that for Saturday. Um, Cousins anytime goal looking at about plus 400 for those odds. the Sabres favored against Montreal on Saturday night. No better time to get in on the action with all of the hockey going on and all the football and the NBA in-season tournament, which I mentioned as well. App is super easy to use, wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, futures, over-unders, and plenty more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. Official partner of the National Football League, Fanduel. Sticky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Okay, let's wrap things up on today's show. Remember, uh, join subtext.com slash Locked on Sabres. Would love for you to get in on our group chat. Let's go to my lines if everybody on the Sabres gets healthy. Let's do it. Let's have some fun here. Uh, And let's assume, again, by have fun, I mean let's assume everybody will be healthy at one point. Um which is a lot to say and generally does not happen, but let's pretend. Uh there's one guy actually I'm gonna exclude from that. Because the update is Jack Quinn has shedded his no contact uniform. He's practicing with the Buffalo Sabres fully. No non not no non-contact jersey. So He's getting really close to playing and maybe even plays in the next couple of games. Uh, But we'll see. Maybe they want to go a couple weeks with him. We don't really have a timeline yet. But the fact that he's taking contact now reads like to me that he could be back even within a week. But I'm guessing a little bit there when I say that. So Quinn getting back. We know Greenway is getting closer. Tuck and Greenway were both about a week. And that was like four days ago. So they're getting close. Giergensis is the one guy that I told you this when they traded for Eric Robinson. I think it might be a little longer on him. That's a guess, too. Um, I'm going to exclude Zemgus for the time being on that one. Let's look at what my lines would be if everybody else was healthy. Let's start with line number one. Jeff Skinner, of course, with a- Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson. Tuck getting back. I still think you keep that line together, despite the fact they have not looked nearly as dangerous as they did last year, when sometimes they looked like the globe trotters. Line number two. I do not mess with what's working. Dylan Cousins with J.J. Paterka and Zach Benson. The urge might be, let me throw Quinn back on that line with Cousins and Paterka because they played together all of last season. I think that Quinn might be more capable of creating on his own on another line versus Benson, who is doing great with two other skilled players. I just wouldn't want to mess with him. 18 years old, let's you know keep the – the continuity might be more important for him than it is everybody else because he's the guy among everybody that's still trying to get you know as comfortable as possible to the league and the speed and the size of it. And he's doing a great job with it, but I wouldn't want to mess with him. I would leave him between Dylan Cousins uh, – with Dylan Cousins and J.J. Paterco So what do I do with Jack Quinn when he gets back in the lineup? What I would do with Jack Quinn is I would put him on the right wing With Casey Middlestat at center and Victor Oleson on the left. Oleson's been playing on his offside for a long time now. And there's a reason for that. His one-timer is maybe his best trait. You put him on the right as a left-hand shot and he's always on his one-timer. But he can play left wing. It's really the natural side for a left shot. I'm going to move him to the left so I can open up that spot on the right for Quinn on the third line. And I'm going to put Middlestat... In the middle. So what I've done now with Olison playing better and scoring a little bit is I've got middle stat, a pass first mentality, playmaker down the middle, with two of the best shots on the team on his left and right. Quinn by trade is a goal scorer. At least he was in juniors and he was a little bit last year. The shot is what Quinn, you know, likes to fire off. And then you've got Olsson, who we know about him, what he is. middle has got two scorers on each side. And that's your third line, which creates three scoring lines. You want to create, get the Sabres to be a more dangerous team, play more offensive. Part of the problem is they've really only had two scoring lines all year and then two defensive roles that are just trying not to get their heads caved in. In this setup, you've got three scoring lines. And then a fourth line that features... Peyton Krebs with Jordan Greenway and Kyle Oposo. A defensive line, a checking line, an energy line, if you will. Greenway and Krebs are, um, and Oposo to their own right, a little bit capable of putting the puck in once in a while, but a more defensive line, a more physical line for sure. And then the rest of it, to me, the forwards are the more interesting part. Samuelson with Darlene, power with Yoki Haru, Ryan Johnson with Clifton. I've been staunch about that. Ryan Johnson over Eric Johnson. And then your goaltenders, as I just went through, Lucanen and Devin Levi. Those would be my lines. Be interested to hear your take on that. If you would change anything or you want to, uh, basically, whatever you, what you would change about my lines if the Sabres get healthy, where does Jack Quinn fit it? That's what we're really trying to figure out is if Cousins, Paterka, Benson stay together, where does Quinn fit? Because his home from last year would then be taken up by uh, by Benson. So let me know what you think on our group chat, or at Locked on Sabres on Twitter. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Sabres podcast. Sabres and Canadians on Saturday night at Key Bank Center. Uh, hope you enjoyed the game. Um, if you're going, let me know about the hot dog. I think you're going to get – they had a Montreal dog earlier in the year. Or maybe they'd try a poutine dog or something along those lines. We'll see. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Locked on Sabres podcast. Reminder, again – Locked On has launched its first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for your 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Talk to you next time, hopefully after a Sabres win over Montreal here on the Locked On Sabres podcast.